We hope you enjoy this bonus episode. Hi everyone, this is Chad. I'm on vacation with my family right now, which is why my audio sounds a little weird. I'm currently laying on the bed of my hotel room while my family stares at me and trying not to laugh and my five-month-old daughter is trying to talk over me. And I'm okay with that if you are. We generally record our episodes two to three weeks ahead so we can have time to edit them and make ourselves sound smarter. Unfortunately, that means it is difficult to keep up with the current events on the show, as by the time our episode comes out, whatever it is we wanted to talk about is often old news, out of the nation's attention, and kind of lame sounding. In fact, we've had to re-record segments to cut out references to the Olympics and the Super Bowl, as those events were long since passed by the time the episode finally aired. When big things in the news happen, therefore, it's easy to let them go by without comment, allowing them to fade away in our memories. But it also makes us feel slightly less relevant to the national conversation. Our solution is to have these extracurricular episodes whenever we have something to say that is not going to fit naturally within our scheduled show. These extracurriculars differ from the recess in tone and regularity. In school, recess is fun and fast, whereas being involved in an extracurricular takes effort beyond the regular school day. So, if you ever see an extracurricular episode pop up in your feed, just know that it won't be about the silly, inconsequential stuff, but something we find meaningful and important and think we either have a unique perspective on as teachers or where we don't see a particular point of view being displayed that we want to draw attention to. Because of my vacation and Clint's anxiousness to get the podcast recorded as quickly as possible, we couldn't get together to have a conversation for this one. So, I'm handing the rest of the episode off to Clint to share his thoughts on how we talk to students about politics and other touchy subjects. Enjoy the show. As I record this, it is March 28, 2018, four days past the March for Our Lives student-led protest in Washington, D.C. and around the country. I know much has been said about the Parkland students who led the way and kick-started the national conversation about guns, gun control, the power of youth votes, and what they see as the corruption of politics as usual. I'm immensely impressed with those kids and the hundreds of thousands more across the country who sought to have their voices heard and captivated the nation with their powerful words and magnificent poise. I saw in those bright, empowered, diverse young faces the future of America. Yet at the same time, those kids made me think of my kids, my students as well as my own children, and how they aren't really that different. They want a future where they are valued and their opinions matter. They want to feel safe in their varied communities. They want to be heard and loved and believed in and valued as individuals as well as a group. They want us to care about them as if they were our own, which they are. I had a principal once who used to tell our staff that every student in the school was our student, whether they were in our class or not, that we should be invested in the success of every one of them. And he was right. We need to do the same for our American children. If we, as United States citizens, see every one of the children in our neighborhoods and our cities and our country as our own flesh and blood and value them as such, it seems to me we would do everything in our power to educate, protect, and fight for them, no matter the challenges. More than anything, last weekend's march reminded me of how much I need to reinvigorate that mindset in my daily life and career. But that's not what I want to talk about right now. I want to bring it down to the individual level. The level of teachers in their classrooms discussing this march and the issues of gun control and violence 
and is part of the current national zeitgeist. It is difficult as a teacher to walk the line between helping students participate in the national conversation and think critically about what is being said and done, while at the same time not letting your true political feelings come out. I'm a pretty political guy in that I like to listen to politics podcasts, follow reporters on Twitter, and obsessively check my Flipboard news app for all the latest tidbits coming out of Washington. I feel reasonably informed, and while I try to see both sides of most issues, I'm pretty liberal. I'm also a co-sponsor of my school's Young Democrats Club, though kind of a lazy one. And in that role, I feel quite comfortable speaking my mind about what I see as the right way for us to go as a country. However, when I'm in my room as an ordinary classroom teacher, I'm conflicted in how best to approach these topics with my students. I can almost hear some of you out there saying, just teach your subject. You're an English teacher, not social studies. Leave it to the experts and stay in your lane, which I do try to do. But it's difficult in times like these when so many people are interested in the news to answer students when they say things like, Mr. Hill, what do you think of the national walkout? Mr. Hill, do you think teachers having guns is a good idea? Mr. Hill, do you think our school is safe? Mr. Hill, why do they want to take away our guns and our freedoms? Mr. Hill, Mr. Hill, Mr. Hill, what should I say? Should I avoid the question? Try to pretend I don't have an opinion? What if you work in a district where you've been instructed to not comment on such matters? How do you deal with these situations? Just yesterday, I saw that one of my students had attended the march in D.C. because she had a price tag on her backpack that was meant to indicate how much the students of Florida were worth to Marco Rubio, one of the senators there. It was kind of a rhetorical misfire, if you ask me, but that's a discussion for another time. I asked her if she went and how she felt about the experience, and she just gushed with pride at having been there, in her words, making history. How was I not supposed to engage in that conversation? I actually had to check myself a couple of times to make sure I didn't start revealing more of my opinion than I meant to. I celebrated the triumph she felt without actually celebrating the cause, which felt disingenuous at the time and makes me kind of uncomfortable now. So what is a well-meaning teacher to do? I can only really talk about this from a liberal perspective, but I'm guessing that conservative teachers face the same dilemma. It was really hard for me to keep my politics out of the conversation, and it aligned with my own thoughts. How would a conservative have approached this same conversation if they disagreed with the aims of the march? It's really tough. It's weird being a teacher in that for many kids, that person in the front of the class might be the most stable adult in their life. There's a lot of responsibility in that role, as sometimes what a teacher says can change a child in ways invisible to them, but end up having major repercussions down the road. I once stopped a student in the hall and told him that I was impressed at how much he had matured over the four years I knew him and that I was proud of the man he had become. He later told me that he went and sat in his car and cried because he was so touched. I don't tell this story to brag because in many ways I didn't think of the long-term consequences of my statement. In fact, I didn't even remember saying it until he brought it up months later. It simply showed me how much my words can make an impact on a child's life or opinion. It was a small and kind of regretfully forgettable moment to me, but huge for him. How much then of an impact does our political speech have on the students we teach? In the same way that child predators are able to take advantage of young and naive children, and I know this is a gross example, just bear with me, 
So too are teachers able to change the minds of youth by being charismatic and caring leaders at such an impressionable time in their lives. What we say about politics can inadvertently, or if we mean it to, advertently, which Google informs me is a word, change a child's worldview in ways that last forever. In some ways, that's exciting because we're meant to shape the minds of the future. But in other ways, it's really scary because what if we're wrong? What if the way we see the world is actually inaccurate? What if we are so sure in our convictions that we ignore the opposing view and end up steering an entire generation in the wrong direction? That's terrifying. I don't know if what I do now is the best choice, but it feels right to me in this day and age. I basically break down the rhetoric of the different arguments. I try to make it as academic of a discussion as I can and play devil's advocate when needed. I think about the conversations I've had with other people who think differently than I do and bring up their points of view, not as my own, but as theirs. For example, my brother-in-law and my sister live out in rural Oregon, and by the time law enforcement reaches their home, anything a criminal wants to take from their farm would be gone, or anything that they wanted to do to anybody else in their family would be done and over with if they weren't able to defend themselves with a firearm. Bringing their experience levels out my opinion and allows me to speak more open-mindedly about the subject. Again, I don't know if this approach is correct, but it seems to work for me. Basically, I try to talk to my students as if they were adults, as if their opinions matter, as if they have a voice in the conversation. I try not to patronize and belittle their arguments, and I look for common ground as much as I can, which really is how we should treat everyone when it comes to politics. Or anything. Thanks for listening. If you have any thoughts about my thoughts or anything you've heard on any of our previous episodes, please contact us on Facebook or Twitter at SchoolYouPod or send us an email at SchoolYouPodcast at gmail.com. We'll have a new, much less serious recess episode on Monday the 2nd of April, my dad's birthday. Happy birthday, Dad! See you then.